Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to be talking about too sexually explicit for TV, but allowed in schools. Yes, if that kind of makes you uh, (laughs) scratch your head and wonder wonder about it, yes, it is um, rather shocking. My guest will be explaining uh, what this is all about. But basically, um, this is such a perfect timing to do this show, although really this is a problem that has been increasing over the years quite quietly, and now it is exploding. Um, Today, uh, Tuesday, November 2nd, is the election in Virginia between Terry McAuliffe, a Democrat, and Glenn Youngkin, a Republican, the, the election for governor of Virginia. So today, my guests, and, and primarily we're going to be talking about the, what the, what's happening in Virginia and with the television not wanting to have an ad and all kinds of things, but I want you to keep in mind that um, this is happening in Virginia now. It is coming to a school or has already come to a school near you, wherever you're living in the States. And this is a huge problem that I that parents are not, are just beginning to become aware of. And I'll admit that I, you know, this is something that I have been, uh, uh, it's been a pet peeve for a long time and I've been talking about it and so on. But each day I get more shocked by just how, uh, how, how bad it is, how, um, how devastating what is being taught is and how it seems to have just come out of nowhere, but now it's really, not only is it really bad and really harming kids, I mean, that's the key, it is harming children, what they are being taught in school, the leftist agenda, Um, but uh, not only that, but, um, you know, it's really, it's really, um, it, it, there, the, there have been things happening to prevent parents from complaining about this. I mean, now it's the next step higher is that when parents try to complain about it, when they do find out about it and they try to complain about it, the government is trying to stop them. They don't want to hear them. They have now, the latest thing is, uh, they're calling them parents domestic terrorists and arresting them. Now, I know, maybe some of you think that I am uh, off my rock and this can't be happening in the States. I would have said that <laughs> before I knew something about this, but uh, unfortunately, it is true. So here to talk with us today uh, about this is Kelsey Bolar. She is a senior policy analyst for the Independent Women's Voice Organization, an organization based out of Washington, D.C. So welcome to the show, Kelsey. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, um, why, don't, why don't we start with your personal story, how you got involved in, um, in this organization and why you got involved and what's been happening with your children. You're a parent in Virginia in addition to having this title. And um, what, what have you been seeing and why, has this, why are you tr- doing something about it? Yeah, I'm a product of 
Connecticut public schools. I always thought I'd be sending my own children to public schools, never thought there would be too much controversy there. Um, but I lived almost the past uh, eight years in Washington, D.C., and that's where I met my husband and had my first daughter. And at the beginning of this year, we decided to move out to the Virginia suburbs, ironically, Loudoun County, which is uh, the uh, centerfold of where a lot of these education controversies have been playing out. When I picked Loudoun County, I in part picked it due to its good school reputations. Uh, Many of the suburbs surrounding Washington, D.C. are known for having uh, good schools here in Virginia. Unfortunately, since the start of the pandemic, a lot of that has changed, and parents around here throughout the state and, as you mentioned, around the entire country have woken up to the realities of what's happening inside public schools, and this, understandably, has upset a lot of parents. Uh, What really started with a lot of outrage regarding a very broad school closures, forced remote learning that we know had disproportional impacts on lower income and special needs, vulnerable children, uh, then spiraled into an awakening over the uh, critical race type theories that were seeping into public schools where Teachers were being taught to look at children and treat them differently based on their skin color. There have been highly politicized um, books being instructed to teachers in order to um, indoctrinate children with these types of ideas. And uh, from there, you know, once schools reopened, uh, here in Loudoun County, we had that really horrific case where for a while, uh, these uh, these so-called transgender policies uh, regarding the pronouns that uh, students and administrators and other faculty can use regarding transgender students and um, what bathrooms and locker rooms and other facilities transgender uh, students could and should be using uh, really uh, really took. Uh, really caused a lot of backlash among parents who warned that uh, these types of policies allowing, these broad policies allowing biological boys to use bathrooms and facilities, uh, locker rooms that are uh, normally reserved for biological girls could put girls' um, physical safety at risk. And sadly, that's exactly what happened in Loudoun County in one of the school districts uh, where we had a biological uh, male student wear a girl's skirt, enter the girl's bathroom, meet up with a girl in that bathroom, and proceed to sodomize her. Uh, she uh, she was raped. Uh, this is not an allegation anymore. A judge ruled this student guilty, and the school district um, moved, transferred this student to another school nearby where just a couple months later he committed uh, a second um, alleged a sexual assault uh, on another girl. And between that, we have since learned that there was quite a cover-up from the superintendent uh, and school board members who, as they were actively debating this policy, appeared to be hiding the fact that uh, such a horrific event occurred that directly implicates 
these types of policies. And what that told parents is that these schools are prioritizing their political ideologies and their agendas over the physical safety of their students. And so rightly so, parents are outraged. Um, and from there, you know, you saw them not just in Virginia, but all across the country really begin uh, speaking out at school board meetings, making their voices and concerns heard over curriculum and physical safety of their students. I also want to mention there's a violence problem in Virginia schools um, where kids are uh, beating up, kicking uh, uh, students and even faculty at schools. And this uh, mm-hmm. is in, in, one, uh, in one Virginia school district, this is this directly happened after the school, uh, after the city council voted to remove school resource officers from school grounds. Uh, school resource officers are like school police officers. Um, and so we've just seen in so many ways the uh, negative consequences of these very far-left policies play out in our school districts. And so parents have spoken out. And what we've seen is this really groundswell of mama bears and papa bears coming out, making their voices heard, which is why this Virginia election is proving so um, so important, both on a local and a national level, because what it tells us is that parents, and, and, and this includes Democrats, Republicans, and independ- independents, are not okay with the status quo of our public schools and the politicization that's happening inside there. Yes. Um, where do you think, you know, since you're right there, where do you think it stands in terms of the election? How do you think the election is going to go? Well, I'll, I'll tell you in many ways. Uh, Democrats have already lost because this was not supposed to be a close election for uh, Virginia uh, gubernatorial Democrat candidate Terry McAuliffe. Uh, Biden easily won Virginia. Virginia, way back before I ever lived here, used to be more of a purple state. It has been a blue state. When I moved here, quite frankly, I didn't think that Republicans had much of a chance. I was bracing for the reality that I would like be, likely be living under um, progressive policies for quite some time. Uh, but again, you know, those examples that I just listed really cause parents to wake up and decide I'm not okay with this status quo. And we, what we have here in Virginia is a Republican candidate who the left, including President Joe Biden, has tried to smear as a some sort of Trump, Trumpian extremist. But <laughs> to be very clear with you, he's a pretty milquetoast Republican. I've been in the conservative yeah. movement for quite some time now. And this is not some Trumpian or even, uh, uh, you know, hardcore conservative um, candidate. This is this is a, a former Carlisle uh, businessman. It's his first. Uh, it's his first step into politics, and he's he's pretty moderate. And I think that's why all these attempts to smear him as some sort of far-right extremist have fallen short. I think no parent feels threatened by this guy. What they feel threatened by are the policies that they've seen directly fall down in our, uh, in our own public schools, and it's left parents in such a difficult position. Uh, my, my daughter is now two years old, and I have a second 
on the way in less than a month now, sitting on my lungs, if I ever (laughs) sound short of breath, that's Uh why. (laughs) Um, Uh But, you know, it's left parents like me in very difficult positions where we have to choose between sending our children to public schools or um, spending quite a bit of money on private school education because Virginia is not a state that has school choice where uh, the money funds the student instead of the system. Unfortunately, the money funds the system here. And so if parents Mm. reject what's happening in these public schools, as of now in Virginia, they either have to uh, pay a lot of money to send their children to private school or homeschool, which we know especially for working moms, entails a lot of sacrifices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell us about um, this ad campaign, what your group um, tried to do, the Independent Women's Voice tried to do in terms of an ad that you were trying to get on television that was rejected. <laughs> yeah, so out of all the problems that I have listed to you, I have not yet mentioned the presence of pornographic materials being found in Virginia public school libraries. In um, a couple of examples, we've seen parents of students complaining to their local school boards about books they're finding in their high school library showing very explicit materials. Um, you can unfortunately, regrettably, see these images uh, that I shared uh, on, on my own Twitter, at Kelsey Bowler, an independent woman's voice um, actually produced into a video because we thought it's really important. It's one thing to hear what, about what our children are learning in public schools. It's another to see them for yourself. And so what Independent Women's Voice did was produce an ad uh, displaying some of these very graphic, pornographic images um, involving um, sexual acts uh, being performed and <laughs> other, other uh, you know, sexual activities that I, I, I can't even put into words. <laughs> um, so we produced an ad uh, showing some of these images and submitted it to play on Virginia TV stations during the 11 p.m. hour when only adults are supposed to be watching. Uh, the TV stations, uh, many of them rejected the ad, um, even when we tried blurring it out. Some of them still rejected the ad, telling us that it was too explicit to show on TV during the 11 p.m. hour. And what that told us is that for some reason we are more protective about what is shown on Virginia television during the 11 p.m. hour than we are with what we're showing children and teenagers in our public school libraries. Um, So this, (laughs) these images were certainly a wake up call to many parents, uh, and, and you have to add to that to the fact that we have the Democrat candidate for governor who told parents that he doesn't think uh, they should have a say in what their children are taught or exposed to in public schools. Of course, any parent who sees these images is probably going to have a problem with them. They're probably going to want to speak up at school board meetings, and that's exactly what they're doing. And that is exactly why they're rejecting this type of rhetoric we've seen for the left, that they get to decide what your children see and are exposed to at public schools, not you. And that's just, that's just contrary to the law here in Virginia, and it's contrary to common sense 
Um, every parent should be, their, their top concern, of course, is the physical safety and of, of their children. And it's um, completely inappropriate for school districts to be exposing children to these uh, very extreme ideologies. And in, in the case of this ad that we produced, which anybody listening can go watch on toxicschools.org, um, these very explicit images. Yes, I looked at that, and uh, I was shocked. And I've known that—I've known that sort of in general, this kind of stuff has been going on. Um, I've been tweeting all about it and everything, and talking about it on the show. But um, these images—I mean, I was even shocked by. The, I mean, what what they're doing? Um, the leftist agenda is trying to. Well, first of all, is introducing sex in general to even kindergartners, um, telling them how to masturbate. You do not have to tell a young child, man, girl or boy, how to masturbate. Kids kind of figure that one out for themselves. Um, similarly, you should not be telling children what, uh, whether to have sex with men or women. Um, I mean, these images, at least the ones that I saw um, from you, uh, I mean, it is promote. What did it? What it's? What was the name of the book again? Something queer. What was the name of the book? Gender queer. Gender queer. There we go. Um, it, it was teachers. At least from the images that I saw, it was like a book to teach kids how to be, how to have gay sex, how to have oral sex, how to have gay sex, um, and making it not just. It's not like just a how to. <laughs> it's. Um, it's making it so appealing, um, trying to convince kids to do this. Now, kids should be allowed to figure out for themselves um, who they're attracted to and so on. But what, what has been happening all over, not just in Virginia, what's been happening is that there's in this movement, in this leftist movement that is aimed, the bottom line is it's aimed to destroy the nuclear family, family values, um, what, um, you know, it is trying to convince people that they should not be the sex, the gender that they were born with. They should, that it is much more, it is much cooler to be trans or to be a gay or um, some permutation, non-binary, um, some of the many different permutations that uh, are being displayed like a buffet. And, you know, I'm not saying certainly that people shouldn't have a choice of, of sexual partners and so on, but they should not be uh, inundated with propaganda telling them it is better to be gay or it is better to be trans. And that is exactly what is happening in these schools. And the, the upshot of that is that parents are thinking, um, you know, when they have any kind of inkling, like if a, if a little boy... Place with, goes to play with a doll, for example. Oh, he must be, uh, he must really want to be a girl. And then they take him to the doctor to get hormone shots and, and then eventually surgery and so on, and, and vice versa. And these parents are jumping the gun and sending their kids on to a life of, of, of horror, of trauma, of suicide. There, you know, the statistics show that, um, people who are, 
have these sort of confu- this confusion and, and are, are being pushed into one way or the other without them making up their own mind, that they end up killing themselves when they're teenagers. So this has very serious repercussions. Would you like to absolutely. add something to that? <laughs> yeah, abso- absolutely. We know that um, this, is, this is a relatively new issue for scientists and doctors to be studying, for children and adults even to be exper- experiencing. And what we're really doing is experimenting with children when we are pumping them with uh, these medications that, you know, have not been studied for uh, a long time, and you know, it, it, I think it hopefully was a wake-up call for a lot of parents when uh, CBS News on 60 Minutes finally did an in-depth report uh, interviewing a number of um, formerly transgender folks who had regrets over their decisions to transition. Uh, many of which center around the fact that uh, some of these transitions involve permanent decisions that lead to sterilization. Um, These, so for the, for this to be, this to be pushed on children at such young ages, of course, is a concern among parents and it should be parents' right to choose when and how to address these types of issues with their children. But instead, not only is it happening inside public schools, public schools are actively working to hide what they're doing to expose young children to these types of ideologies, uh, leaving parents in a very uh, difficult position where they, they don't know what's happening inside their public schools. And this is what parents are now asking for, transparency uh, as to what their children are learning, the right to opt out of certain curriculums. Uh, this was the example of the legislation that um, the, the Terry McAuliffe opposed that parents could opt out of their uh, the school forcing their child to read a book that they felt is inappropriate uh, for that child to read. So yes, there are certainly a lot of consequences to um, these <laughs> these seemingly you know. Uh, like outrageous uh, uh, images that we know former President Barack Obama called fake outrage. Um, There's nothing fake about parental concerns over their children's physical safety and uh, what they're they're learning to inside schools. We're seeing that in Virginia. The the tide is shifting, and, and again, I'm hopeful that we're going to have a Republican governor um, thanks to all these mom and papa bears coming out and voting. But whether or not that actually happens, uh, this election has been a huge wake-up call uh, for voters across the country in that it told them you can and do have a voice. Uh, whether or not a <laughs> Republican wins, parents have realized that they can push back. They They have power to speak up at these local school boards. And they don't have to put up with this type of indoctrination and nonsense coming down from unelected bureaucrats. Well, you know, what about this idea that um, Biden and then uh, through the FBI and so on are calling parents who speak out 
at board meetings uh, domestic terrorists. And the father of the girl who was raped, for example, was arrested. That, hor- that picture horrifies me. Um, there's this, this is going off all around, a picture of, um, uh, what was his name again? Uh, Smith, Smot, Scott, what was his, do you remember the I believe, man's yeah. name? Uh, what, yes, what, I'm Scott sorry, what? Smith, I believe. I believe yes, it was okay. Uh, yes, he, they have a picture, there's a picture of him, you know, he has kind of a pot belly, <laughs> and, um, and, they, and the police were dragging him down to the floor, and so his shirt went up, you know, this is the man who dared to speak out after his daughter was raped by um, a boy in a skirt in a bathroom, um, what Kelsey was just talking about. And uh, and so they grabbed him, you know, and, and just pulled him out of there and, and called him a domestic terrorist. I mean, use that as, as their right to do this. And, um, and you know, humiliated him. And now his, everybody has seen his pot belly and, and him on the floor. I mean, I mean, in a way it's good because I'm sure that that did help to activate parents, you know, to outrage parents and so on. But it was certainly humiliating for him. And, um, you know, I mean, there is still, it is still um, a law or it's still in a, uh, I don't know, an order from the White House to call parents domestic terrorists. What what have you seen in regard to that? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, we've seen the school, the um, National School Board Association uh, that, encouraged the Biden administration to investigate parents speaking up at local school board meetings as domestic terrorists. They've distanced themselves now from from that the, the very letter they wrote. But the Biden administration has uh, yet to uh, withdraw the letter or assure parents uh, that, no, we're not looking at you all as potential terrorists. In fact, We had the Attorney General uh, just testifying last week, and while he reiterated, yes, parents have a right to speak out and uh, voice their concerns at local school board meetings, uh, he didn't assure them that they're not going to be investigated as potential domestic terrorists. Um, Of course, nobody condones violence, and a rare few of these school board meetings, you know, might have entailed inappropriate behavior, but we have local police forces. There is no reason that uh, any of these parents should be <laughs> investigated uh, by as if they're national security threats. It's just an insane politicization of our federal government, and it really shows the way that the Biden administration disdains parents. They don't want us speaking out about what we feel is right in terms of our children's education, because, of course, the entire point of a letter like this is to have a chilling effect on parents, uh, telling them if you if you speak out, well, you know, you might have an, uh, you know, an undercover agent (laughs) investigating you the next day. It's very intimidating um, and, and, and really a sad state of our federal government that out of all the domestic threats we face, including now a renewed threat, a terrorist threat, thanks to the president's botched withdrawal from Afghanistan, I question why we would be using any resources, uh, national security resources, to investigate parents when we have very real 
uh, foreign terrorist threats uh, looming not yes, too and, far. And, absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of ironic that in this same area in Loden, um, that or Loudon, um, that uh, instead, while they're uh, investigating and hauling off alleged domestic terrorist parents, real terrorists were planning an attack for Halloween. So, you know, um, well, our time is up. I want to thank my guest, Kelsey Bolar. You've really uh, explained things so incredibly well. Um, of course, I'm <laughs> sending lots of good wishes that, in fact, um, in fact, McAuliffe doesn't win for governor and uh, get somebody in there who is sane. Well, thank you very much. And thank you all for listening. We're now going to be having a second segment, actually, another uh, senior policy analyst from the Independent Women's Voice who's going to be telling us more about what's going on in Virginia. And remember, what happens in Virginia uh, is very well on its way to your state, too. So thank you, Kelsey. Thank you. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today is November 2nd, and um, we're talking today about too sexually explicit for TV, but allowed in schools. And we were talking a little bit about that in the past half hour, and now we're going to talk about that more. And as we are talking, <laughs> um, there, there is an election. Uh, people are, hopefully there are a lot of people turning out. There's an election in Virginia um, between, for governor, 
between Terry McAuliffe, boo, <laughs> and Glenn Youngkin. Uh, Terry McAuliffe is a Democrat, Glenn Youngkin is a Republican, but that is not why I'm saying boo um, for Terry. It's because of the, these incredible um, policies that he has been allowing to happen in schools and that he wants to happen, to continue to happen, if he becomes governor. So we've been talking about the leftist propaganda that children have been uh, swarmed with, uh, beaten over the head with, um, in in schools, it, it starting starting even in kindergarten, with um, CRT, critical race theory, and with these um, pornographic images and and uh, lessons that you should the the message overriding message is don't be the gender that you were born with, the psychological or the physical, well, the psychological too, but the physical equipment that you were born with, um, turn against that because show that you're cool and that you can be transgender or binary or gay or one of the many different things that are out there on the buffet of sexuality. Now, you know, just to repeat, I'm not against people picking um, sex, their sexual preference and um, how they want to dress and so on, but it should be each person's choice. It should not be because they have been beaten over the head with these lessons and these books, these pornographic books uh, in school. So here to talk more about this issue of um, what is happening in Virginia schools and why, um, why you know, and, and, and again, this is happening particularly in Virginia schools. I mean, it's more been more talked about in the media in regard to the schools in Virginia, but it is certainly happening or coming to a school near you. So don't think that you're safe if you don't live in Virginia. My guest now uh, is Julie Gunlock. She is a senior policy analyst as well at the Independent Women's Voice. So welcome to the show, Julie. Thanks for having me. So let's start with, um, you're, you're a parent of three children, and um, I'd like you to tell, I'd like to know, and I'd like you to tell my listeners um, about what your children have been experiencing, and, and presumably that connects with why you uh, have joined this independent women's voice organization and are trying to let it be more known to other parents what is actually happening. Yeah, so I have um, middle school children, um, uh, and I had uh, actually elementary school and middle school children when I pulled them all out. Um, I pulled two of them out two years ago when this started to happen in Virginia, and I, it's been going on a lot longer than two years ago, but it became very intense in, in my community. And then I pulled my last one out last year. They um, are now in a private Catholic school, and I'm actually homeschooling my oldest child, which is a challenge. I have a full-time job, and so, um, but I, I had to do it. It was really a matter of my son um, facing terrible indoctrination in the schools, not to mention our schools became very violent um, when the SROs were pulled out of the schools. Um, and so it, for me, it was um, a matter of, of, of really protecting him. Um, and so I'm, ho- I'm homeschooling so wait, him, wait, and again, wait, wait. I have... Wait, could you, wait a second, could you um, uh, tell us that so you have a 14-year-old, a 13-year-old, and an 11-year-old, and which ones are boys yes. and which ones are girls? 
Oh, I have all boys. <laughs> oh, so I'm uh-huh. very okay. tired. <laughs> um, and I spend a lot on food. Um, I, there's, I, they never seem to ever stop eating, um, especially at that age. So, so for me, it was a matter of protection, but also protection physically, but also protection mentally and protecting their innocence. Um, and so we are, mm-hmm. we're in a much better condition, but, but the, the triggering event really was um, there were a lot of things that were happening when my children were still in the public schools, a lot of political um, uh, books, a lot of political assignments. Um, it didn't seem like any science, uh, even the science fair had to be, had to um, invo- uh, somehow involve um, climate change. It could, he, my, my son wanted to oh. do something else on engines, and he wasn't allowed to because it had to have a climate change hook. Every single book that oh, he was no. given um, in literature class was a woke book. Um, every single assignment, um, the questions that they would have to answer, so the composition, it, literally learning to, to write, uh, you know, paragraphs and, and, and essays, it was always on a political question. Um, I mean, even in his English class, um, he had to write a, an essay on why um, gender is a um, why gender is a, a is a construct um, that it doesn't actually exist. And then the final straw was when my my um, at the time ten year old was going started going to be starting middle school, and I'm talking like. We did this in August, so he was still in, enrolled in the middle school and was about to start. And he went to, we had an, an open house, and um, this was online because this was during COVID, the very beginnings of COVID. And we, we, you know, we registered for the, for the Zoom. It came up, and the teacher had a Black Lives Matter, climate change is real, believe in the science, uh, you know, women are victims of the patriarchy, all these, that was his background um, in the Zoom oh, meeting. Wow. And this, this was the dean of the students. And my, my son immediately, you know, I could tell he was uncomfortable. And I'm telling you that night we, 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 t- we, dr- we pulled him out of the school. And, I, and, and, and at that point he had to attend an online school. I mean, it, it, it has become, and, and since then it has become even worse in the Alexandria City Public Schools. This is you know, we, I live in a very deep, dark blue city, um, but even Democrats that I know in this city are fed up with this stuff going on in the schools. I want to keep it clean. I, I, I think crap is okay to still say <laughs> because that's what it is. It is terrible <laughs> that students are having to endure this, that parents are having to essentially take over kids' education, and that parents like me are, are um now having uh, to deal with a lot more expense for private school. And frankly, you know, it's difficult to manage homeschooling, but, um, but this is what Virginia parents are having to do throughout the state because it's not just the deep, dark blue areas. This state is ruled by Governor Northam and his ultra, ultra liberal education staffers and, uh, who run the Virginia Department of Education. And I'm telling you, if Terry McAuliffe is elected, it's going to be more of this, more abuse, more indoctrination, more sexual perversion, more violence. I mean, this state is going down the tubes. You know, you, you just reminded me of something. Um, with It was in Virginia, the Virginia Board of Education. One of the um, things that I do, one of the areas that I specialize in, uh, I call myself the terrorist therapist, and I specialize since, since 9-11 
20, so for 20 years, I've been helping people cope with terrorism and so on and doing all kinds of things in regard to terrorism, to books and all of that. Okay, so um, as you presumably know, since you were there, uh, the Virginia Board of Education before 9-11 was telling teachers not to call the 9-11 people, the people who attacked on 9-11, terrorists, to call oh, yeah. them yeah. Um, attackers, or what, what is your, yeah. what was your, what, what, I don't what did remember. you hear when I, they were? I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I'm not surprised. These people are insane. Charles Lane is the head of Virginia Department of Education. He is a true lunatic, and he has surrounded himself with, you know, just equal lunatics. These people um, do not view their jobs as, as educators. They are activists, number one, and they see their job as turning children into activists. We are talking about America having its very own Maoist little red army, right? Remember the, now in the, the, the Maoist age in the 1960s in China where the sort of professors were trotted around in dunce hats? I mean, it is really terrifying what they are doing to children in the state of Virginia, really trying to turn kids into little activists. It started after Parkland, where a number of children were used as props in these walkouts across the country. It continued after Trump was elected. It continued as the sort of Trump derangement syndrome really sunk in. And in areas of the sort of deep, dark blue areas of the country in these urban settings, um, this is this this has been the norm where children are really used to push political uh, agendas and teachers now. I mean, it is really depressing what has happened to the sort of public school teacher industry, where they again see themselves as activists first and and teachers second. Now, that is not every teacher, but in a lot of uh, again I say sort of urban areas, certainly in D.C. and around and D.C. suburbs suburbs, you know, this is Alexandria City, Arlington, Fairfax, Loudoun County, you're seeing ground zero for these kinds of activist teachers who have turned education on its head. Um, the kids are, kids are, I mean, the, the Virginia, the, this is what's so sad and what people don't realize. Virginia used to have some of the most highly rated schools in the country. And some of these some of these areas I'm talking about, Alexandria, Fairfax, Arlington, Loudoun, these, ha- these were some of the best schools in the nation. We are now ranked among the lowest. Alexandria City is one of the, one of the worst-ranked schools, high schools, has one of the worst-ranked high schools in the entire state. And why this is is because these teachers are putting a political agenda way above the basics of education, reading, writing, arithmetic. I mean, I've had people in this community tell me that their children, this is the saddest story, you know, the, you know, the game Mad Libs, where you have to put a noun and a verb and a pronoun. It kind of says, like, put yeah. the pronoun, put the... I've had people yeah. their kids don't like that because they don't know what a pronoun is. I mean, these are fifth-grade kids. You don't know what a verb is. And that is because mm. it is much more, more important in many of these classrooms to teach kids about, you know, how to be proper activists rather than how to construct a sentence or do basic math. So you've got a real problem in Virginia, and this will spread. This will spread. Virginia is just one state, but this, if this is happening in Virginia, if, if this country continues to elect Democrats, you see every Democrat-led city in this country is, is really suffering and kids are suffering, and this is going to spread throughout the country unless more Republicans are elected. Mm-hmm. So how do you think that this happened in Virginia? Like how, how, how many years do you think it took and why do you, why or how do you think it happened? 
It's such a great question that you're asking, and this is such a complicated issue. But I know in my city, um, we have a Democrat mayor of our city, Justin Wilson, who has been very, very smart in changing election laws, changing the dates of when these elections are held. And, for instance, one of the things that Alexandria does, and Alexandria has a, has a deeply racist history. I mean, you know, I'm not for CRT. I'm not for teaching CRT. I'm for teaching history. And Alexandria, which is employing CRT, seems to not want to really focus on its own racist history. This is a part of the Confederacy. Mm. And, in, and when, you know, this during the Jim Crow era, Alexandria City changed its laws so that it wasn't a ward system, meaning you had a city council member that represented a, a certain part of the city. You had it was changed to at-large districts, and that the reason is, is because certain parts of the city were inhabited mainly by black people, and so they didn't want the black community to have a voice on the city council. These are Jim Crow era mm. laws that are still in place in Alexandria, and they are being used by Democrats to keep power, keep a stranglehold on this city, and to disenfranchise certain parts of the city. And what's so sad is many of the people that are disenfranchised are the most poor sections, the poorer sections of the city. So Democrats are very, very smart. They're able to use old laws to their advantage. They're able to change laws. We see that in Virginia this year, they didn't want a signature on absentee ballots. They, 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 they were lobbying for a change in the laws to not require a signature on an absentee ballot and other laws. So, I mean, I think, I think part of it is that Democrats are very patient. They look to history. They use even racist-based laws to their advantage, even to this day. And yet at the same time, they, they say that they're the great enlightened ones by trying to put CRT, which again is a racist form of teaching history um, into our schools. So I, you know, look, I think this has been a long process. This has taken a long time. Um, you know, whether it's through redistricting, there are other strategies that Democrats are very good at manipulating laws and strategizing as a way to disenfranchise voters. So what is the current state in terms of needing or not needing a signature on absentee ballots? Um, in, do you need in, one? In, 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 yes, and in certain areas you do, but in certain areas they were able to, to affect those laws. And again, this is the real issue that has to be focused on is the fact that Democrats are doing this. You have Republicans putting in place very sensible laws in places like Georgia and places like Texas where they had much more liberal voting laws and to it, to shore up sort of the integrity of, uh, of our voting process. You have these, the, again, these, it, these states like Atlanta and Texas um, adding in more measures in order to shore up the integrity of the, and they, and then they're attacked for doing that. And that, and the, at the same time, Democrats are trying to do everything they can to increase voter, you know, um, voting by mail, which is going to be an absolute disaster, early voting. Mm-hmm. There, there's all of these measures that are being passed nationwide that are really going to harm voter integrity. And this is, all on the, this is all an effort being taken up by the Democrats because, frankly, they cheat. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, we learned that in, in uh, 2020. Um, sure. So that, which is a very, you know, of course, that's a concern because, uh, I mean, it really makes it, I'm certainly in California, uh, which is where I live, um, you know, we have Governor Newsom, who is horrendous, oh. and um, and he's been doing all kinds of funny business, too. 
Uh, and right. so, you know, you wonder, I mean, he was almost, sort of almost recalled, but but with all, if all these laws are changed, the election laws, um, it's going to be impossible to get Democrats out of their position. Uh, if it's an, if it's a, if the elections, you know, aren't uh, legit. I mean, if, no, you know, exactly. if, if and, they're and skewed, at, if they're already fixed. Yeah, and you look at the, the sort of, you know, um, efforts to get, you know, felons to, to, you know, reinstate their voting rights. You know, even, even in, 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 you know, in Maryland, this is a different state, but in Maryland, there was an attempt to let, allow non-citizens to vote. These are people, I just, and, you know, the argument is, well, many of them pay taxes. Well, there's a heck of a lot of them that don't. And so I am, uh-huh. you know, I'm pretty appalled at the idea of, of extending that, uh, that right to people who are not citizens of this country. That seems just the most absurd thing, but this, but these are ideas that are being pushed, and they're being pushed by people like the members of the squad, like radical leftists, self-identifying Marxists like Cory Bush and other members of Congress, who in my mind are very dangerous um, you know, to, to, the, to the United States sustaining itself as, as a republic. And so I, I, you know, I think people are right to be worried about this country, and they have to take elections more seriously, and they have to realize that the media is not going to be honest about these things. You are not going to get honest analysis of, of some of the uh, some of the changes that they want um, in our voting laws. Um, there, you know, the media just just you know cast this stuff as oh, you know, the Republicans are trying to limit pe- people's rights. No, we're trying to ensure that people who do legitimately vote that 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 the races the outcomes of those races reflect actual voters that is a whole different thing but the media cast this as republicans just you know trying you know trying to limit minorities or trying to um you know essentially limit people's right to vote and it's it's really unfortunate that it is cast in that way because i think what the republicans are doing by and large are really great steps to add integrity and confidence in in this nation's elections. Do you think that if it turns out that McAuliffe wins, do you, but where there's, uh, you know, I mean, I, I was just reading that there have been a lot of ballots sent in early voting um, by mail. Oh yeah, and that's never a good, <laughs> never a right. good sign. Um, and do you think that people, that the, the citizens of Virginia, um, would smell a fish and and would Terry, you know I don't know Terry McAuliffe, Terry McAuliffe is an ally of the Clintons. He is among the dirtiest politicians ever to 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 run in Virginia politics. He was a disaster as a governor, and that's the thing that's what's so amazing about these people is they they have no capacity for shame. You know, he was not a good governor. He he, he, you know, sort of, you know, everyone was sort of happy to see him go. And here he is again. And again, this is an accolade yeah. of the Clintons. So th- this is a, this is, you know, this is a corrupt and, and slimy guy who's been investigated for fraud and campaign finance fraud in the past. And here we are again. And, I, you know, I'll tell you, this is why a lot of Virginians are leaving. It's like New Yorkers, right? It's like Californians. People end up leaving. Uh-huh. The trouble is people often move places and turn it into that disaster that, that they left. So let's uh-huh. hope people don't uh-huh. do that. But, but, you know, certainly my husband and I, we can't wait to get out of here. I mean, it's a disaster, and we pay such high taxes. Our services are terrible, and my city 
incredibly high taxes and there is a major flooding problem in the city. There is a con, there's constant building, there's density, there's attempts to limit the using your car. All of these liberal initiatives to just make life harder. And again, we pay the high taxes and we get nothing for it. So it's, it's, it really is. Um, I think if Terry McAuliffe wins, it's going to be four years of of hardship for Alexandrians and, th- and Virginians. Do you think that people will be so angry or so, you know, skeptical and then angry that he actually legitimately won that they would do something about it? I don't mean. I don't know that there is storm, anything. I don't know that there really the will be anything. I, I don't really know that there really is anything that we can do except. That we at the in the in the immediate, but I do think that it will signal to people that perhaps we need to toughen our 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 election laws and and voter integrity laws, and and that we need to really take a hard look at Alexander at, or I'm sorry at Virginia uh, voting voting you know laws and and to make sure that no corruption uh, that that it's harder to to um, to corrupt these systems because. I do think that the enthusiasm was with Yunkin, but you have to understand Northern Virginia, this deep, dark blue Northern Virginia, where the people are so wealthy. This is where the lawyers and the lobbyists and, and the, you know, the GS-14, senior executive level of agencies who all make a ton of money, right? They all live around here. They send their kids to the private schools. They don't really, they sort of live in these bubbles where they don't really understand what, you know, working class, middle class people have to deal with. And so they're in Northern, and sadly is Northern Virginia, the density of Northern Virginia really rules the state. Um, so it is, it's really, it's really unfortunate what's happening here. But I do think if McAuliffe wins, there is going to be an effort to really look at election laws. Well, I, we do need to look at election laws, but I, I hope I hope he doesn't win. Um, yes, just, we I have agree. Six, a minute or two left. Just just um, briefly, what do you think? How did your children react when they when you took them out of school and and now oh. they've had some years, you know, being in a different school or being homeschooled? How are they doing? I will tell you, they are getting both. My two children in private school are getting straight A's, and they are incredible students, and they are loving it, and they can really focus on education and spiritually. They've really benefited from being in a Catholic school, and I will tell you, my homeschooler has just absolutely soared. He has done so well, and I think the special ed, uh, the special ed. Um, department within the Alexandria City Public Schools. My, my son does have an IEP, um, uh, should be ashamed of themselves. And uh, I, I think, frankly, most public schools treat special needs children abominably. And I, I think that, frankly, I am so angry at the public school structure and, and the people that are involved in the, the tr- basically the entire public school system throughout the nation. I think that we need school choice. I think we absolutely need a revolution in education. I believe that the public school system is a dinosaur nationwide, and I think people need to leave it immediately. I do not see it being reformed. I do not see it being restructured. I think it is a horrible thing. I think that the money, federal federal education money, has got to start following families, not broken institutions. And the people that are currently in public education are not education uh, innovators anymore. They're not even educators. They are activists. 
and responsible parents need to get their kids out of these systems, get them out of the public schools. I have become a comp- really, frankly, quite radical in this area, and I think more parents need to wake up to this, and there needs to, again, there needs to be a mass exodus and a revolution in education in this country. And that's a good place to end. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> thank you very much, Julie Gunlock, and thank you well, all thanks for, for having me on. Listening. You're very welcome. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 